0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason. And I mean, we've got plenty of football to talk about today, ladies and gentlemen. I see you guys have already popped off in the comment section. Thank you for joining me. Harry Snowman, Jamie, Anthony. Anthony again. Thank you guys for joining me. This is awesome. Glad to see you all. And yes, that is the longest starting stream introduction in fantasy football. We've decided, you know, it should be used. For the intended purpose instead of just starting our show with it for 15 seconds and then going in we should either just start the show or we should run it for a couple minutes you know to imply the stream will be starting soon you know let you guys pour in start letting the 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 nerves build up you know you get excited for the show you know get a little get a little antsy and then here we go the show has started we've already got 10 people in it's nice it's great the stream has started. We've got football to talk about, guys, so why don't we sit back? Why don't we relax? And why don't we sip our coffee and enjoy today's show? The crowd goes wild for the first clip of the day, and really the only clip of today. Today's a little long one, but it's it's my first topic. I'm excited to talk about it. Let's check it out. Look at this clip. So, this here is yeah, a, a jujitsu move. And then this is Tua utilizing it after being sacked in a preseason game. It's called the back roll or something like that. Uh, it's to really help break your fall. And it shows a few examples here. Someone on Twitter put this together. Every single time he was hit this preseason, you know, it, 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 like falling backwards he would end the falling backwards into a roll and to stand back up onto his feet. Uh, it's, it's really, really a great move uh, to, to, you know, break your fall uh, and, you know, help prevent injuries and everything. And, I, and, you know, we've talked about this a little bit this off season, but to me, it's just really, 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 really cool to see kind of this stuff come into practice. And it's also important to see, to uh, really putting in the extra work, the team putting in the extra work to work on these health concerns. This is something that everyone's worried about. I mean, this is the guy, he was number nine in points per game last year, had a massive ceiling with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell exploding week in, week out for fantasy football, but he's had those concussions, multiple concussions, and that has made fantasy gamers, that's made NFL people scared I mean like it is a really concerning issue we still really have no idea how bad head injuries really are we know they're terrible (laughs) we know CTE is awful but it's still relatively unknown uh, really all of that really the whole space of that kind of situation and so to just see them doing what they can to see Tua trying his best I really do think that will carry over into the year and I'm a little upset I mean guys you know, we here at player profiler, we as fantasy analysts, we have to have opinions, we have to have takes. And one I've had this offseason, I, I guess I can't even call it a take, but I've been I've been hesitant with Tua Tonga Viola. And he's a great value right now. If those of the those people who have taken the chance on him, and if it does work out, I think we'll be very happy that they did. I have like I think one best ball team with Tua in it, and I I kind of wish I had a little bit more because as I'm starting to see this. I'm honestly starting to feel a little bit more confident in Tua as the days get closer to the actual season. Part of it is this stuff. You know, he's working on how to fall, working on how to prevent injuries. But part of it is also these backup quarterbacks are just terrible. And, And Skylar Thompson looked terrible. Mike White, for some reason, was good in New York, but looked awful this preseason. I don't know what's going on down in Miami, and I feel like the only way for them to be successful is for Tua. And sometimes that's just the path that happens. Even if it doesn't make a ton of sense for him to be healthy based on the concerns, I'm really starting to feel like he's going to be, I really think he's going to be fine. I mean, yes, it's only going to take basically one more concussion, maybe two to end this guy's entire career. And thus that's why people are scared. I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it, It With those weapons, With the team, with the extra work being put in, I feel like you've got to take that risk, at least in redraft leagues. You know, we'll see as it goes on with Dynasty. And I'm sure that caution is going to be there all year. But if he does play this full season healthy, get all the way through it, no more head injuries, I mean, he'll be right back up there as a top 10 Dynasty quarterback, probably even top eight, depending on how the season goes, all in all. So it could be a really good buying opportunity right now for this guy, uh, just you know, given everything around. So, um, wow. Let's see. Let's go ahead and move on. That was a good little discussion on Tua. Wish him the best this year. Hope he can stay healthy. We've had another quarterback news come out, and that is Kyler Murray. Adam Schefter reported that it is not expected for him to be activated off the pup list before Thursday's deadline. This means that he will be inactive for the first four weeks of the season at least. And also, following this move, the Cardinals released quarterback Colt McCoy, and that came after a move to acquire Joshua Dobbs a couple days ago. They sent a fifth rounder in next year's draft for Joshua Dobbs and a seventh round pick. And, you know, I I mean, obviously the big takeaway here is the tank is in, right? I mean, they are not trying to win this year at whatever cost. I mean, to go away from a pretty serviceable backup option, a guy who served you well for the past couple seasons, who knows the system, who knows the players, who was performing well in preseason to move on for a guy like Josh Dobbs, who has been, he was okay last year in his two games. He had about 200 yards in both of them. I think it was, yeah, 252 in the first game, 179 in the other, a touchdown and an interception in both. Uh, But the big thing here is that, you know, one of them, he had 39 pass attempts. The other one, 29 pass attempts. So at least Joshua Dobbs is going to be slinging the ball. I think that does mean a little bit of better things for, say, the Rondell Moores, the Marquise Browns, maybe James Conner out of the backfield. But for the Cardinals, all in all, their draft pick is going to be pretty high next year. It, it just is. And you know, to to the Kyler Murray point, I feel like all offseason, I've kind of been expecting him to return sooner, sooner rather than later. But... I'm almost starting to feel like this organization just doesn't want him back this year. Like, I, I think that they they really do want to take their time here. I think they want to make sure he's fully healthy so that the option to trade him remains on the table. I do recommend you guys go back a couple months. I did a whole video on this Kyler Murray situation. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's got Kyler Murray on the thumbnail. It says, like, which path, you know, going to be traded, going to the Cardinals. You'll find it. You can just go to the player profile or YouTube, go to the Wake and Take playlist and search Kyler Murray. Um, But essentially what I talked about in there is what the Cardinals could do with this Kyler Murray situation end of season. And ultimately I do think it comes down to what kind of value they could get, but I do see either, right. Either Kyler Murray is traded or their first round pick is traded, whether that be Caleb Williams or Drake may, but one of those, a quarterback is going to be traded by the Cardinals essentially next year. And a lot of it's going to come down to Kyler Murray's health. I think ultimately they'll go with which one they can get the biggest haul for. So if someone's offering, you know, two firsts and a nice wide receiver like the like the Bears got for DJ or um, like the Bears got for, for their number one overall pick, that's probably what they'll go with. But if they, you know, get a similar package for Kyler Murray and a rookie quarterback, then they'll probably just go ahead and try to trade Kyler Murray and just move on and lean into the rookie But we'll see. Again, I mean, if they trade that first-round pick like the Bears did, they could be set up for a ton of success. I mean, you know, you get a nice wide receiver. You could probably end up with Marvin Harrison Jr., given they have the second first-round pick from the Texans. That also projects to be pretty high. And, you know, you could just get a bunch of other pieces to surround Kyler with. Again, the same could be said about whatever rookie they get. So it's just something to watch. I do think, though, that with him landing on the pup, I wouldn't expect him back week five at the earliest return. I would expect them to take their time with this. I think I'm probably expecting, you know, week six, week seven um, right now, based on the way things are progressing. Uh, And also, I mean, if the Cardinals keep losing, they almost have no point to bring back Kyler Murray at all. I mean, this is a lost season. So there's a small, small chance that he barely even plays this year. They roll out with Josh Dobbs. They roll out with David and they roll out with Clayton tune and just see what happens. Right. Try to get that high draft pick. Uh, But um, I think that the chance that Kyler Murray at least plays a couple games is higher than him not playing. I'll I'll go with that just because, yes, they want Kyler Murray healthy for trade reasons, but also they want to be able to show the teams that they'd be trading for that he is fully healthy, so they probably want to have at least some sample size showing teams that, yeah, Kyler Murray can still ball. He's still an elite quarterback. He's recovered now. Give us a high-end trade. So that's what they're going for. They're just trying to make sure Kyler Murray is 100% before they roll him out there. And who knows, maybe they'll roll him out there for a couple games. He looks really good and then they'll bench him <laughs> just you know, to make sure he stays healthy. It's a very, 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 very interesting situation to keep your eye on. I'm not fading a single Cardinal anymore though. I think with Colt McCoy, I'm going all over the place. Sorry guys that this is a little bit kind of hectic. This is, This is a tough topic, this Cardinals offense. But all in all, Kyler Murray, a little bit of a risk. We'll see what happens with him. Cardinals weapons, James Conner, Rondell Moore, Marquise Brown, Trey McBride. I think I'm comfortable targeting them a little bit more with Joshua Dobbs or Clayton Toon at quarterback rather than Colt McCoy. I think the Colt McCoy system would have been a lot slower, a lot more leaned on James Conner. And probably just a little bit more of a methodical offense. I see this Joshua Dobbs. I see this Clayton Toon offense as being a bit more boomer bust, a bit more explosive, a lot more play from behind, which leads to more volume, of course. So I think that that would work out well for the Cardinals and for their weapons that, you know, are, are pretty decent values right now. I mean, Marquise Brown is sixth, seventh round. Rondell Moore is really late. Michael Wilson, one of the rookies we've been touting a ton, um, are also, you know, a pretty good value. So you know some some good people there for sure and someone says get a tissue here yeah man it is i have terrible allergies and as as we get to the new seasons as, anytime the seasons change it is just it is a it is a monster up here i've been sneezing all morning <laughs> but we'll we'll get there we'll get there hopefully when the when the weather's better you know finally, finally my, my system will be good Here, snowman says greg dorsch we'll see we'll see i feel like Dorch the torch was kind of a 2022 thing <laughs> Uh, but, of course, if Rondo Moore goes down, Greg Dortch will be back. Another quarterback news, Max Duggan. Oh, I didn't put the name there, but there's a picture of Max Duggan. Picture of Max Duggan. Uh, he was released by the Chargers. Unfortunately for him, rookie quarterback out of TCU had a pretty decent year last year. 3,700 yards, 32 touchdowns, led TCU to the National Championship. Thought he would be a good backup behind Justin Herbert. Chargers felt differently. They ended up releasing him. Uh I don't even know what to say, really. I mean, it really does suck from him. I mean, that was probably about the best landing spot you could get as a backup quarterback in the league besides the Rams, which Tetsa Bennett got. have no idea where he's going to go. have no idea what's next in store for this guy. I'm assuming if the Chargers didn't like him, if Kellen Moore didn't like him, if they felt he couldn't be a backup to Justin Herbert with that kind of system. Probably means he's really not that good and, and whatever happened at TCU isn't going to happen at the NFL level. And that's unfortunate for him, but sometimes that's just how the cookie crumbles. Let's go ahead and talk about this Jonathan Taylor situation a little bit because it's a little bit confusing. Uh, of course, this came out last week that he was allowed to seek a trade uh, and the Colts are allowing it. He could pretty much go wherever, you know, his contract's not that much money. He's still on the rookie contract. So it's not like teams need cap space to be able to trade for him. It seemed like something that was probably going to happen. Um, but there have been some moves. There has been conflicting reports. And it's still very confusing. And the big thing that's confusing for me is Ian Rappaport yesterday came out on the Pat McAfee show. And was like there is real interest in Jonathan Taylor. And that it is likely that he will be traded. And then Adam Schefter came out and said the Colts are not close with anyone on a trade for Jonathan Taylor and Adam Schefter doesn't feel like Jonathan Taylor will be traded. So who's right? Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, what's going on with the situation? No clue. I'm going to read between the lines a little bit and say that with the release of Kenyon Drake, that Jonathan Taylor's probably back. I think that they brought in Kenyon Drake as an insurance option. They could have a full backfield with Deion Jackson, with Zach Moss when he returns with the rookie Evan Hall and Kenyon Drake, and you would be fine because you have a mobile quarterback at Anthony Richardson. With releasing Kenyon Drake, who didn't look bad this preseason at all, I think that does lend them to believe that they think Jonathan Taylor will be back, or if Jonathan Taylor is gone, that they're still exploring the running back free agent market, whether that be Kareem Hunt still, you know Leonard Fournette, or just someone else that's just out there. So that is one takeaway for sure. I think Jonathan Taylor is probably back with the Colts. I think I'm more on the Schefter side of things. Um, but you know, Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running backs in the league. And it would make sense for a team that needs a running back to go out and get him whether or not that's the dolphins. I don't know. It does seem that, you know, the sides are not very close according to Schefter. Um, but Rappaport thinks, you know, that there's at least interest in that he'll be traded. Well, I don't know why the two best reporters, the two that you should use and trust have conflicting opinions. That's kind of annoying. (laughs) That's kind of annoying. But I think he's back, and if he's not back, the Colts will be adding another running back for sure. So don't go out and pay up for Deion Jackson or Evan Hall or Zach Moss right now. Don't do it. Just wait. You don't have to get cute with these kinds of things. Just play the game. You don't have to worry about who's next. The answer will come. It's not one of the guys already on the roster. If it's not Jonathan Taylor, they will definitely be bringing someone else in if they do trade him. I just want to make sure you guys understand that. Now, some kicker drama, some fun little kicker drama. Cameron Dicker, Dicker, the kicker, has officially won the Chargers kicker job. It was between him and Dustin Hopkins. Dustin Hopkins, after this, was traded to the Browns, and then the Browns cut Cade York. So those of you listening that play Scott Fishbowl, I know for a fact that both Dustin Hopkins and Cameron Dicker were going undrafted of these things because people had no idea who the kicker was going to be. So those of you in Scott Fishbowl, the waiver's open next week. I would go ahead and start looking into adding Cameron Dicker with this kicking scoring. It's fantastic. And I mean, you would like to get a kicker attached to an offense like the Chargers. I mean, you really can't complain about stuff like that with how much extra points are worth. Extra points are worth field goals in this format. So I, I would be going to pick up some Cameron Dicker in my high-kicking scoring formats, for sure. And fun little takeaway here, for sure, also is that sometimes, guys, sometimes the marketability of a player is enough. I think off-season, when we were talking about this a little bit, I literally said it's probably Dicker the kicker because that's more marketable. And the team likes that. It's fun. It's cool. It provides this guy some swagger. I mean, look at him. He's Dicker the kicker, and he knows it. So it, it, it's a fun little thing to sometimes just be like, you know what? What's more marketable? Who has the cooler name? Like who, who, who? What? What's this situation here? And that's often that's often the right answer. In this case, it was Dicker the Kicker, a nice rhyming name. Another little kind of small update is that Amir Smith Marset, after a very impressive preseason, has been traded to the Panthers away from the Chiefs for conditional seventh round pick swaps. So with these conditional picks, essentially the Panthers will be moving back in the seventh round in exchange for Amir Smith Marset. Amir Smith Marset had a very impressive preseason, 195 yards all in all, two touchdowns, uh, including 100 yards uh, on the on the most recent preseason game last week. And you know that's kind of what led to his trade. So good for him to see what to see what happens. He's going into his third year now. Uh, a special teams guy as well so he should be able to lock himself onto the roster on this panthers team that has a ton of holes in it all right that is all the news i have for you guys but the pff pro football focus all preseason team came out and i thought it'd be fun to go ahead and to look into this there's not too many takeaways so this should be pretty quick but a quick shout out to kenny pickett Kenny Pickett has been named the all preseason quarterback for the PFF team after going 13 for 15, 199 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, with a perfect quarterback rating across the entire preseason. Great, great preseason for Kenny Pickett. I really hope he can bring it into the season. As you guys know, I'm high on Najee Harris. I'm high on George Pickens. Therefore, I'm high on Kenny Pickett and the Steelers offense. I really do think he's a value right now and totally worth drafting in all formats, totally worth trading for in all formats. Go get yourself some Kenny Pickett. The all preseason running back is Packers third string running back, Emmanuel Wilson. I talked about him a little bit on yesterday's show, and I've talked about him every Monday's episode as he has been popping off all preseason. He had 112 yards against the Bengals, 63 against the Patriots, 49 against Seattle. He was always the Packers preseason running back. He was the guy who got all the carries. I highly recommend rostering him if you have taxi squad space or if it's a deep league. I do think it is pretty likely that one of Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon misses at least a couple games and Emmanuel Wilson will be going in, and I'm sure he'll produce. We see it time and time again. These random backup undrafted running backs just come in and score fantasy points. So that's kind of a guy I'm stashing right now, Emmanuel Wilson. We have three wide receivers for the all-preseason team. One of them was Amir Smith-Marset, who we just talked about. Already gave you his stats, pretty impressive. Another was Jaguars wide receiver Elijah Cooks he finished the preseason with a uh, 146 yards so good for him and the other one was Browns wide receiver Austin Watkins who finished preseason with 257 yards and two touchdowns had a fantastic it was like a 152 touchdown game i believe um that that kind of led to this big total but it, a really good preseason for him and finally the t- all preseason tight end is Steelers tight end Connor Hayward. No, it's not Fryer Muth. No, it's not Darnell Washington. It's Connor Hayward. So good for him as well. I would say the only ones worth rostering out of these are Keddie Pickett and Emmanuel Wilson in really, really deep leagues. And maybe Connor Hayward in really, really, really deep leagues that are tight end premium. Maybe just because if you know, Muth goes down, he might see some usage. Uh, but even then, I, I would probably recommend against him. But guys, I see a lot of comments I haven't looked at yet. Let's go ahead and see if there are any questions in here. Let's see. J JT trade going down my live did not look like it. Did not look like it. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> um, I do. I do want to see to a healthy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you say you have too much Mike White to like that. That's funny. Uh, Jamie, what do you think about this trade I made today in a superflex leagues? You gave up Marvin Mims. Kenneth Gainwell, Charlie Jones, and you got Trey Lance, Roshan Johnson, Alec Pierce, and a 2024 second. Uh, You feel like you got Lance for free? Let's see. Yeah, I mean, I think you, I would rather have Roshan over Gainwell. I would rather have Alec Pierce over Charlie Jones. I would probably rather have Trey Lance and a second over Marvin Mims. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's a decent trade. I, I, it's a, it's a tough one for sure. I think it's going to take some time with Trey Lance, but as you know, from yesterday's show, when I talked about him, I'm totally fine rostering right now. I really do think the Cowboys is a fantastic landing spot for him. And I do believe, I do believe that he could have a nice little career as long as, you know, he gets himself some, um, get some, uh, get some, you know, practice in, kind of like Zach Wilson right now as well. You know, like, you know, sometimes it just takes a little bit of a reset, learn behind a really good quarterback, and then you can try again later. Um, and that seems to be it. Yep. Yep. All right. That is all the questions I have from you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I will see you tomorrow on the Player Profiler YouTube channel, the Player Profiler Facebook, the Player Profiler Twitter at 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. It's great seeing you every morning. Have a fantastic Tuesday. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Peace.